When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're a band that they don't believe in patsies, so they're happy if they can be pushed. There was a great trust. We always had a great trust. I'd never sell them out like for bullshit stuff. It was always like, we're going to push. We're going to push for serious shit, not stupid party crap. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Springsteen train, though I'm sure he will come up, as he often does, (laughs) and I am thrilled to welcome the hosts of one of the newest Pantheon Network podcasts, We've got a new Metallica podcast, and I have the host of that. I've got Renee and Stefan. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, how's it Thank going? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks We're for glad to us. be here. I just, this is so great. I 2015 is when I started Set Lusting Bruce, and the whole reason I did, because at the time there wasn't a lot of Springsteen podcasts, and I felt like Bruce's music touched so many people, and so many people were passionate about it. I wanted to hear their stories. And so in the spirit of lighting a candle versus cursing the darkness, I started talking to people. I like that. That's a good phrase. Yeah. And so over a a thousand episodes (laughs) later, I've ended up talking to Bruce Springsteen fans from around the world. However, I always do B-side episodes. And because someone who's passionate about Van Morrison or Janet Jackson, or Bob Dylan, or David Bowie, right? To have them on the show and share, there is a lot of synergy. There is a lot of things we have in common because of our passion of a musician or a band we love. I'm excited to hear what you guys' plans are, and thank you for being here. Let's start. Introduce yourselves. Renee, why don't you go first? Tell us a little about yourself. So my name is Renee Richardson. I'm actually the uh, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. So that's my the main part of my job. And then co-host with Steph Shirazi of the Metallica Report. My background is in radio. I worked in San Francisco as a morning show host for many years. I was on an alternative station, Live 105, as Renee Rotten, because Steph likes it when I point that out. Come on, come on, bring it out. Come on, with the accent, please. <laughs> my my maiden name is Rottenbücher, which is spelled Rotten Butcher. So growing up, I was always <laughs> Renee Rotten. So it fit into the alternative ethos, if you will, that I call myself Renee Rotten. I moved on to more AAA radio, changed my name to Renee Richardson, rebranded as such. And so that's who I am today. Um, rebranded so Renee, rebranded Renee from Rotten. Sister of Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, 
Uh, so yeah, my background is in radio. I've been doing podcasting for a very long time. I actually was thinking about this because this is the, the biggest, most listened to podcast I've been a part of, but I got into it early. When I worked at KFOG, we had a program director who was really forward thinking about technology and podcasting and getting his radio station into the fold with technology. Of course, corporate radio station bought him out and bought that station out. And they said, no, we don't do that. We fight the good fight of technology. No, we don't. You should join forces. (laughs) Anyway, so got into podcasting way back then and have been really excited to be back into it with Steph and to focus on Metallica and offer folks a weekly report. But that's my background. My background is radio. And now I'm in philanthropy. And now I'm also on the Metallica report. Nice. Steph, how about you? I'll thumbnail it as best I can. First heard Metallica 1982 with the the No Life to Leather demo, which came to England and hit the heavy metal circuit, if you will, amongst us fans. Uh, 1983 bullshitted my way into Sounds Music Paper as as an intern journalist. Mm -hmm. 1984 actually got hired to be uh, a critic. This is in my teens. So ended up the first major piece I ever did and got paid for was with Metallica for Ride the Lightning for that record which is the first time I ever went on an airplane, actually. I went to Paris to do that story, reviewed Ride the Lightning. We struck up a friendship, a relationship, which carried through. I interviewed them for Master of Puppets in LA. Loads of other freelancing going on, but always hanging with them. Decided that I had to move to America in 1986 for a variety of reasons. Cliff Burton heard that I was going to be moving, said, hey, give me a call. I'll hook you up with some friends out there, which he did, which uh, was great. And then unfortunately, he did not make it home which is still a loss that we feel to this day pretty heavily. But we we became pretty tight, all, uh, the rest of the band and myself. And I ended up being their de facto journalist who would go and cover them because far from being whitewashed, I could get in there deeper and actually push them. They're a band that they don't believe in patsies, so they're happy if they can be pushed. There was a great trust. We always had a great trust. I'd never sell them out like for bullshit stuff. It was always like, if we're going to push, we're going to push for serious shit, not stupid party crap that's not it was never the thing but i freelanced as well i did a lot of freelancing and you mentioned david bowie i interviewed him a couple of times at keith richards yeah james brown i did all that circuit which was great but finally 1999 i ended up coming on full time to do the band's magazine so what which had been started in 1993 by 200 tony smith who had taken me on as a freelancer for most of it so he graciously handed me the reins in 99 i've been doing the magazine ever since and there you have it. And here I am. I do a bit of podcasting here and there on my English mm-hmm. soccer team, which I should mention here because it's very important. Greatest football team in the world, Tottenham Hotspur. And if you don't mind, I'm going to plug my podcast. That Please we do. With them. Yes. We do a podcast called The Game is About Glory, which we've been doing consistently for two and a half years. As a, a, a team of us do it every week. And uh, we've got a, a, a good core following. So, yeah. But this is really exciting. And it's really nice to be able to bring, hopefully, some of the vibes of the band to the to the pod waves are pod waves the same as airwaves i don't know i think i like that term i like pod waves pod waves yeah it sounds that's a good i mean waves. so i think that so anyway there you have it that's a nutshell history one of the great things about a podcast is also as many things is a downside is you become you feel intimate with the host you feel like they're your friends Right. Because you listen to them on a weekly basis and good podcasters 
tend to share a lot of themselves. And so there are some of my favorite podcasters that you feel like if I had a chance across the table to share a beverage with them, I don't think we'd, we would just feel like mates. We would feel like friends. It's a great point. And I've got to say that is one of the aims that we have is that I want you to get a chair up. I'm probably going to be sitting next to you and get a chair up for Renee and uh, because she's going to come in, she's going to be sitting there too. And we're going to be with you for 15 minutes or so every week. And that's absolutely a primary intention is that all the fans know that we're in their living rooms or their cars or wherever. And likewise, we're with them. Right. Yeah, exactly. I've been asked before on the for this podcast, the Springsteen podcast, what is it? And I said, when I do it right, you're going to feel like you're standing behind two people talking in the queue and you're overhearing them, right? That's what it's going to feel like. And so I'm looking forward to hearing your podcast and, and learning more about the band. I did want, I, I asked this question with most of my guests Can you remember, Steph, and then I'm going to ask you, Renee, the first time you heard the band and what about their music spoke to you? Why was it different than other bands? I listened to a lot of music as a kid. And actually, Renee and I just discovered the other day that we have a great love of ska music, Mm -hmm. which was brilliant. We love the specials. We love the English beat, who I will always know as the beat. And I know I'm giving you a tangent here, but bear with me. That's okay. No, I I, I embrace tangents. I love them. (laughs) Good God, Renee's Jesus Christ. (laughs) I have to go to bed tonight. These two fuckers are going to be going on forever. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I will reel it in and say that I also, in the middle of that, I love Motorhead. Yeah. And I I also like punk music. So I, I, I liked, but Motorhead were a flagship band. And when I first heard the demo tape, No Life Till Leather, it blew me away because it was metal played as punks uh, or punks playing metal. I wasn't sure. All I knew was that technical ability be damned. They were hitting my energy core. Now, bear in mind, I was like 14, 13, 14 when I heard that tape. I think I was 13. So it's it just hit me in all the places, all those all those hormonal cushions that that are puffing out when you're that age. And then fast forward to the debut album, which was the first free album I ever got. Yeah. And bear in mind, I'd just come from a festival hanging with Motorhead in Dublin and I had vomited all over myself. So I was not really fit for purpose. And I put this thing on this album and I was just like, wow, not only did the demo tape translate, it's even more abrasive and it's more aggressive and it's, it dragged me right in these were my people mm-hmm. they were my people they were going to speak for me and then they did and ride the lightning blew my fucking mind and that's why i pushed it, it was the first ever review and piece that i did it blew my fucking mind hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Renee? Similar, similar story, but for me, it wasn't, it was a live show. This is how Steph and I discovered we were at the same show. It was the late 80s, 88 or 89. I think we determined it was 89. When the cult played, they opened for Metallica and I was a huge fan of the cult. And my cousin dragged me to the show because she was like, you like the cult. I like Metallica. Come, let's go have a good time. And she dragged me out to the concert. And after the cult played, I went off to the bathroom, like, whatever. Now I have to endure this other band. <laughs> and I heard the music from the women's room and I lost my mind and I came running out and I was like, what is this? The musicianship, the volume, the everything about it just sucked me right in. And that was my first taste of Metallica and I liked them ever since. And then had the benefit of moving to San Francisco from the New York area in 92. And at that time, 92, the guys were always around. There was always a chance to see them play and it was fantastic. Yeah. That's how my love of Metallica grew, but I'm also, I'm not a fanatic like some people are. I'm uh, they're a great band, but as a radio person, you have to love all of the children, all of the music. <laughs> mm -hmm. I talk about this often that I think there's two kinds of people in the world. The people that go to their first Bruce show and go, boy, that was long. And, <laughs> and the others that go, oh my God, I can't believe what I heard. When can I go see this again? So I love hearing that live experience. You went Oh, wow. What is this? Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, and conversely with Bruce Springsteen. So Metallica came at me out of nowhere that time in 89 and just blew me away. And conversely, Springsteen coming from the New York, New Jersey area, I fought that Springsteen vibe for a long time until I moved to the Bay Area and he was playing and I was working at a radio station. We got tickets to the show and I was like, you know what? I'll finally go see Bruce Springsteen, whatever. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. <laughs> there is that. That sometimes thinks it's so cool and you're like yeah. being from the niece. That's such a cliche. And then every once in a while, they'll be you'll hear a classic album or see a classic film that everyone has bragged about. And you go, oh, now I understand why everyone's been talking about it. Right, it really right. is that good. 
Yeah. yeah, that was certainly the case. I, I was working with a guy who's from California and the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. And in fact, the big man came by our station and, and hung out with us. It was very nice to meet him in person. So that tell us more. You can't yeah. like that yeah, on that, Bruce Springsteen yeah. podcast. And yeah, yeah. yeah. tell me that story. Yeah, it was, oh, you happened to float by and yeah, it was uh, yeah I, don't even, I don't even remember how it happened that Clarence stopped by, but he did. And I still remember the newsman who was the biggest fan in the world took a picture with him and they were back to back. They were the same height. Right. So what? it was this great photo they took who, who together. Was the great height? Who was the same height? The newsman on the morning show oh, right. that I Thank worked God. for. Yeah. I thought you were saying Bruce Springsteen and Clarence Clemens. I'm like, no. universe, yeah. In what universe are they the same height? No, yeah. the okay. newsman right. on my Good. show and Clarence Clemens <laughs> okay. were the same height. And we took this great photo of the two of them. And it was just awesome to see him such a big fan. And it must have been around the time that I went to the show. But he was a, a lovely man and another heartbreaking loss for yeah. the music world, for sure. Absolutely. Did he spend time talking to you? Because... Clarence had an eye for the ladies. Oh, I guess I'm not his type. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I that because I've heard plenty of stories about that where with people oh, that buddy. will he Clarence will smile at the the very attractive woman. And, and, Hello. Yeah. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I always preface this and this may be a, a silly question to ask you too, but the amount of shows you've seen of a band is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. I think there are people that have, who adore an artist and have never seen them live because they've not had the opportunity. Absolutely. Or exists. Very true. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. there's other people that based on like, if you went to college in the seventies in the Northeast, if you have any halfway interest in Bruce, you could be up into the hundreds. So do you guys count how many times you've seen the boys in live? No, I couldn't. I, yeah, no, I just, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I think it's probably something that I have to, for myself, make clear is that I love the music, but I don't even know if I'm a fan anymore. Uh, <laughs> this is something, no, it's a real, it's, this is, and we've spoken about this, Renee and I have been speaking about this and, and it's important to impress for me, this is very technically and factually a family mm. i have known these guys since we were teenagers well i think they were 20 and 21 and i was like 16 17 it's a, that's a long fucking time so it's well over half my life you ask counting shows not a chance i'm not a stats guy i don't do that i don't collect stuff i don't collect posters i don't, I don't either be there the only yeah. thing I collect are laminates and memories and my experiences are very important to me. And I've all, I, I really appreciate that I'm able to keep them sharp. So this is, but this is a, this is familial. This is actually seriously been my life, a major part of my life forever. So it, it, it transcends even being a fan. I don't know what I am anymore. I am obviously, but it's more than that. It really right. is. Even if sometimes I'm like, fuck, I could do with some time out. It's, it's Godfather. They, they yeah. it's a family. There is that where, especially around the holidays, you're like, good God, I don't want to spend any more time with this group of families. I've got to get away. And like watching my mom after she's been cooking, she's, I got to go smoke. All of us are sitting and she's out break. on the back porch taking a break. Yeah. Is there a moment, though, is there something magical? And I'm going to ask you both, and I'll start with you, Renee, because this is your gig. 
And there are times if you work in the baker shop, you may not love eating bread anymore. Or if if you make movies, you may not, I, you hear a lot about showrunners that say if they run a comedy, they can't watch comedy on TV because all they see is the how it's made. Oh, so they God. end up having to watch. So. Yeah, they have to watch. They end up watching something else. But is there every once in a while when you catch yourself going, damn, that's a good song, or gosh, they sounded great, or a little bit of lightning in a bottle? Uh, oh, every time, every minute, every time. That never goes away for me. Uh -huh. That is, look, when it comes to Metallica, they are the greatest live performance you're ever going to see. And I that that goes back to all the way in the 80s. And they still bring it every time. So, no, there is never a moment that I don't want to keep my eyes glued to what's going on the stage. I don't want to keep my ears completely open to what's happening. In fact, what's really fun is taking someone who's never seen them before, which I did in New York, and just being with them and watching them have their first experience and I, this is exactly what happened with my friend, Suzanne. She got lost in the snake pit and she just moved with the music and moved with the energy. And I just stood back watching the whole thing. And that to me was, that was really fun. Cause I was just seeing everything for the first time through her eyes, but it's never, it never gets old and it's never, it's never a chore. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> no, no. How about you, Steph? No, that's no, not. Yeah. It's a, no, there's so there is a chemistry that th these guys have. It's why they still do it. They need it as much as anyone. And never forget the biggest fan of Metallica is in Metallica, right? You should never forget that. Lars is the biggest Metallica fan you'll ever meet. And that energy is transcendent every single time. There's always an electricity and always a connection. And as I cunningly name dropped earlier, I've had the, the pleasure and privilege of interviewing, I think, some of the biggest names around the, your James Browns, your David Bowies, your Kurt Cobains, whatever. There are certain people who have mm. an air, or a, a magnetic, air. they've just got it. Yeah, they've just got yeah. it. And look, James has that. I think sometimes it's a great challenge for people who have that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because by no fault of their own, they just become a magnet for, for a lightning rod, if you will, for energy and for people. Look, I... I my brief encounter with Bruce Springsteen, which I explained to you off air, was not enough for me to gauge whether he right. has it, but it seems pretty inevitable that he does. Yeah. John Bon Jovi, for all his uh, sins, he's another guy who had it. But James, is, James, his energy is, and his, it's just, yeah. And so my air guitar is always like, it's always three inches from my hips every time I see them. And, uh -huh. and dare I say it, it usually gets broken out at least three or four times a gig and, and i'm trying to take pictures in there as well because i take some pictures and i have to remember don't fucking play air guitar now because otherwise the camera is not going you, you can't get the camera up and you're going to shake and whatever you won't get a good picture so yeah it's never ever anything less than exciting phenomenal band what i have a friend that rachel that does a fanish five girl the fanish five girls podcast and she's been on the with me she's been on my doctor who podcast and but she joined me oh. to give a trip report of the 40th anniversary trip and she told the story that when she was dating her boyfriend then fiance now husband was the bigger metallica fan and she rolled mm. her eyes similar to you 
right? Where she's, oh, okay. And Renee, and then she's now been the bigger fan. And yeah, she told the right. story of going to both shows and enjoying and how the city just was welcoming them so much and how exciting yeah. it was for them. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I know she's going to be thrilled to listen to the podcast. Can't <laughs> well, wait to hear. It. I, you, you can I can I derail us for a small sure, second? Please. Does anyone mind? Go oh, for it. I always you have do to it so I've, well. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I would think everybody in the world agrees, but I have to. I always have to apologize. That's an English thing. I'm sorry to derail, but I'm going to do it anyway. You mentioned you have a Doctor Who pod. All right. So who's the best Doctor Who? You know, instinctive. No, Thirty yeah. seconds or less. I'm running your yeah. pod now. Come yeah, on. No, please. So, what's interesting is. Charles and I do this podcast and we cover the new when it's new. And then we go back and visit the previous doctors. And so right now we're watching Patrick Trotton, right? We're doing oh, some of wow. his episodes Holy with shit. Jamie and Zoe. Tennant was the first doctor I watched to oh. learn Doctor Who. So he will always have a place in my heart. I think obviously it is hard to throw across Tom Baker and when you watch a Tom Baker with Sarah Jane Smith, you go, gosh, that's an awful thing. The beauty of Doctor Who is they're each unique in their own way. And He's I know it's a cop out, but yeah. He's not uh, committing. But why I can't would... you just be why can't you just say the truth? It's John Pertwee. It always was. It always will be. And the Daleks and, and John Pertwee, that was fucking great. And those giant slugs, whatever they were, they terrified me as a child. I'm not a deep diver, by the way, but whenever yeah. someone mentions Doctor Who, that's my providence, right? It's my people. I love that. My yes. So anyway. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so sorry I do to drag think, you off. No, I do think Jamie and Pertry with the, that doctor is a great timing. And I really love that. And I wish they would. I said that if I was doing things, the actress who was in Game of Thrones, who played nothing John Smith, I said she should come back as Jamie's granddaughter and wow. have him come because he's still alive. And, and okay. Fraser Hines and play come back in modern doctor. But yeah, there's, we'll go back. There's actually a lot of Game of Thrones actors and actresses who yes. should be in a new Doctor Who. It's a good call. But anyway, yeah. I have derailed you. No, <laughs> I love it. Get it I back love on it. the rails. <laughs> I will talk to Doctor Who anytime you want. In fact, we did a celebration and then I will get us back when I was celebrating my fifth year anniversary of Set Lusting Bruce. I had my Doctor Who partner and we said, we picked five concerts in the past we would go to if we had the TARDIS. And we each picked That's different ones. One. Yeah, that was fun. And so mine, mine for Metallica, and it's the one gig I missed in all the times I've seen a lot of the big ones, most of the big yeah. ones. And the one I did not get to was Russia in 91. And that's the one I wish. I can't remember why I didn't go. There was a reason. I yeah. think it was schedule, whatever, and I didn't get to it. And I regret that. I would TARDIS my way back to that, that one any day of the week. Yeah. So. How about you, Renee? Is there one you missed that you wish you could have seen? Metallica show? Yeah. Oh, and uh, I've missed a lot. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that many. I've seen a lot, but I've seen a lot by some people's standards, but no, you know. You'd have, who you, you would have, Cliff and you would have had a good laugh. Cliff <laughs> Cliff was a lot of fun and he was, yeah. he was stoic and he was sarcastic and dry, but he was, he was an earth, he was an earth man as well. He was earthy yeah. and. And really honest and genuine. And you'd have fucking loved a Cliff Burton performance as well. Yeah, I mean, really I, 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 that that is a true fact. Yes, that is true. I, I would have liked to see um, Cliff Burton perform with the band live. Yeah, that's true. So let's put our podcast hats on. 
where did the idea of doing an official podcast start? And tell me a little bit of this journey. And I can start with you, Renee, or is Steph, you're better to tell the story. Up to you, Renee. Uh, you go for it. It it's this is a team effort. There's a lot of people involved in 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 making this podcast work. There are a lot of people involved in making Metallica work. That's an absolute truth. It's it takes a village, and this <laughs> is no exception. So this was an idea that originated in the uh, with the pop cult and Metallica family between the pair of them. Lars Murray was one of the originators. Mark, who is the the creative maestro in the Metallica camp, and Doug, who is at Q Prime, they were both big uh, pushers of the pod. They wanted this to happen. We're really fortunate to have Christian Swain, who I believe you might know. Yes, absolutely. Um, Best. Yeah. And so it's a concept that was actually quite new to me, the microcast, and I've been learning an awful lot about how it works. It's a tight format. It's a tight discipline. As you can tell, I enjoy maybe seeding a little more chaos than is necessary at times. So it's been really, it's been really, it's been a really good training for me to hone my skills, but this is a team effort and it's been on the boil for a while. Renee and I have been, I guess you say practicing, would you, Renee? Have we been practicing? (laughs) Yeah, we've been practicing. Is that what we've been doing? Yeah. Yeah. Just because you want to, you want, as you say, Jesse, you want to be in people's living rooms and cars and everything, but you also you have to get the fucking stuff done. Yeah. Renee, anything to add with that? No, not really. It all seemed, it just all made a lot of sense with Steph being the band's journalist and me having a radio background and us vibing together and then coming up with this concept of a nice streamlined weekly way to get get the fans and friends involved and get a little inside scoop on the band and what's going on and just sharing that with people in a nice, efficient package. (laughs) So I'm curious about that because I, I have a slight structure. I sent you guys my agenda and that very, I was very impressed with that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. (laughs) And so I tend to do, I use that as a structure. I always ask about where you grew up, what kind of music you listened to as a kid, how did you discover the artist, what about their music spoke to you, talk about seeing them live, talk about songs you're chasing like live and to give that structure. But we've been back and forth. If the episode lasts 45 minutes, great. If it lasts an hour and 10, that's great. I've gone two hours with the Canadian guy that we end up going, okay, we have to stop. So you guys are trying to keep this very tight and disciplined, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Look, I, I don't want to get into too many details because sure, you know, let's face it, when you enjoy a meal or enjoy a cookie, shall we say, maybe you don't want to know everything that's in that cookie. Right. Um, you don't so, know how the sausage is made, correct. as they say. Yes, uh, thankfully. But uh, we structure, but we give ourselves enough room to play yes. between the lines. That's, I think, the best. And again, we're on we're on episode three, episode four is coming we're going to learn how to play in these specific rooms and these specific buildings a lot more as the weeks and months go on. And as I was saying earlier, it's actually a really interesting discipline to to learn and have fun with. And we are having fun. As you can tell, Renee and I like to have a giggle. 
Mm-hmm. So it's something that will happen as a consequence. And we just have to doing that within the structure. But we certainly have a plan. You have to. And, no, you know, Christian, and Christian is a great producer as well. Yeah. And there's great engineers as well. Jerry and Michael are excellent at making sure that if we sound loose or flappy, they tighten it up. So yeah. It, it's, yeah. it really does. When you're doing a podcast like this, it takes a team. The football one I do, we do it on a Sunday. We record it. Milo engineers it in, in 10 minutes and it's out within half an hour because as you said, it's not got boundaries. So we usually hang yeah. around an hour and we have a shape as well. We have a shape script, but this is a, this is a different beast. This is, this requires some real discipline, which is great. Yeah. And and we're very focused on getting, like we've mentioned before, all different perspectives and all different yeah. voices on this thing. And Steph is amazing. Like we're getting, Steph has been working with the band for so long behind the scenes stuff that is day-to-day operations for him, but for the fan, and I see myself as the outsider coming into all this and pulling all that out, he's getting, he's just sharing stuff that he has access to, which is awesome for us. And now awesome for the fans to hear these little nuggets or hear the voice of that person that they've seen a million times working in the, on whatever part of the stage or all those things that, that are fun. And likewise, one of the great things Renee is bringing to what we're doing is that she is, as she said, she's not, she's not been in as long. She's not been as deep a diver, but here she is. She's in behind the curtain too. So she really is the fan walking behind the curtain she's bringing you that perspective she's wandering into those rooms really as much as a fan and and maybe not a deep diver in many cases that's obviously everyone knows her really well and so on and so forth but you know what i'm saying here it's about hey (laughs) i I haven't been around as long but i'm gonna i'm gonna poke around here i can do this so i think between us it's a really good balance and it it really all bases are covered to bring it back to Doctor Who, because you opened the door, Steph, right? The companion was the viewer's point, right? That often when you're doing Doctor Who, so Renee is being that fan point of view to help be, which is, I think, a really useful balance act between the two of you. It's very clear after just we've been talking around 40 minutes the amount of affection and chemistry you two have as co-hosts and yeah. friends. It's great. I mean, look, one thing to say, I mean, there's many things to say about Renee, but there's one thing as well. What Renee does with All Within My Hands is absolutely fucking phenomenal. She's just spoken to, uh, I think she'll correct me and come in on this, like 38 colleges, 42, I don't know. 40, no. 42 colleges, to be specific, 95 college administrators, administrative people and marketing people about the Metallica Scholars program. Which it, it's wow. Just, no, it's incredible work. And as I always love to say about the, the work that, that goes on with All Within My Hands, what blew my mind and continues to blow my mind is that every single dollar that someone gives goes to the charity. There's no, there's none of these like administrative fees or- Overhead, any of that. Any of those costs are covered by Metallica. So when you make a donation in, it goes directly back to our nonprofit partners. And All Within My Hands is really succeeding in its mission. And I would posit to you, Jesse, that the reason for that is uh, is the person that's with us right now. Because if I was speaking to Renee, I'd Aww. be all in. There's no doubt. She's a, a fantastic ambassador. I'm saying that as a as a colleague, but also as a friend. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Renee, it's... She's not a bullshitter. She's, yeah. tell, yeah. she's giving it to you real. And it yeah, is real. Yeah. 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 
So Me Renee, I'll put you on the spot. You want to give us the quick pitch? There, there really is no pitch. It's all within my hands. Yeah. Formed by the band and its management in 2017, set out on a goal to continue what the band had been doing since the 80s. Metallica always gave back when they were out on tour. They always provided something to the local community, whether it was the food banks or shelters or wherever. And then in 2017, they said, we're going to formalize this, form a 501c3 and get the fans involved. Our fans are as as philanthropic as we are. Some people have financial abilities. Some people have ways to volunteer. Some people just have voices that can talk about what we're doing. And that's exactly what they did and we are doing. And we tap into the amazing fan base. I can't speak more highly of the fan clubs who have gotten behind All Within My Hands. They are out there fundraising. They're out there volunteering. In fact, on this M72 world tour, we've got volunteer activations in most of the cities. And the fans are taking time out of the tour weekend to go pack some food bags for folks. So everything that All Within My Hands does hits a lot of really important areas for people. And that's workforce education in the trades. We're training people to be tradespeople. We're feeding people. And then disaster relief as needed. We just helped out in the horrible fires in Maui. And we will continue to do that forever, as far as I'm concerned. There, there's really no pitch. My dad, it's funny, my dad, when I went from radio to working into nonprofit and, and fundraising, my dad could not wrap his head around what this is. He's like, so you're a beggar? <laughs> I'm like, no. And Steph, you're going to love this because my dad is the biggest soccer fan like you. Oh, yeah. I presented to him. I said, dad, what if I told you all the greatest soccer players in the world we're in Somalia right now, and I needed $5,000 to get them over here to play for the United States. And he was like, oh, I'll write you a check right now. Is that ha really happening? And I was like, wow. boom. <laughs> yeah. Does he want to come in and invest in Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, could do, I, we, we could do with a capital investment. I, I don't even want to tell you who he loves, and he only loves them because they're Dude, always God, on top. It's, it's not it Arsenal. Don't know. It's not Arsenal. It's, okay, uh, that's good. Everyone else is fine. Who is it then? Yeah, it's Man Manchester, yeah, Manchester United. Oh, that's all right. That's a, they're yeah. an old American. I can I live know. with that. Yeah. If he said Arsenal, I'd have to, I'd have to have a word. <laughs> that is awesome. Anyway, um, so people, I, I believe people give where they can and when they can and to the thing that speaks to them the most. So if all within my hands speaks to you, join us. We're here. And that by the way, nothing yeah. to do with all within my hands, but don't want to do the football conversation. It should be noted for the record that members of Metallica have accompanied me on several occasions to watch <laughs> the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. If only probably just to, uh, in the hope that I'll shut the fuck up about it. But that never <laughs> actually happens. <laughs> I may cut this story out, the podcast, but it, it, you're making me smile. I was working for a previous company and we were bought. We were bought by a new private equity firm and they were announcing all that and they were talking about that they they always put ping pong tables in the break room in all their companies that they own and they use that they think it's a good way to to let off steam and to and even if we're in an argument we may okay who wins the ping pong table wins the argument right so <laughs> afterwards that i'm telling cause a bigger fight yes right <laughs> I'm afterwards, I'm talking to the head of this fund and the president of our company is there. And I go, hey, I said, thank you. I really great meeting. I said, your ping pong table reminds me of the story that early when Bruce and the E Street Band were touring, that there was a ping pong table backstage 
And two of the band members, I think it was Gary and like Gary and Niels were playing ping pong. And when they got up on stage, they had not known it was time. They were still playing ping pong. And so that made two changes. One, Bruce, now they do a huddle before they go on stage. And two, he banned ping pong tables from being (laughs) backstage. So my, the CEO of our company looks and says, you really can find a Bruce Springsteen story for any situation. <laughs> <can't you? laughs> Maybe that's your football, right? You can find yeah. a reason to bring up your team anytime you can. Anytime. Uh, yeah. To, the, yeah. to the chagrin of many. Yeah. yeah. Early into it, what are things that surprised you about the podcast doing this? What it, I know it's early, but what has surprised you? And I'll start with you, Renee. Probably how quickly we were able to fall into a rhythm and get each other. That surprised me. We found our way pretty, pretty fast. Wouldn't you say, Steph? I think we we found our rapport quickly. And yeah, that's probably the biggest surprise and how much fun I'm having with it. I can't say I have any surprises. That's great. I mean, we put a lot of prep into what this was going to be, as we discussed earlier, this particular format and the requirements of it require a different, a different approach. And different look, and we've been and we've been practicing that in a holistic sense, from generating the ideas for each show to executing them. We've been working on it for a long time. When the moment came, it's like, oh, okay, it, it, it's it's a Friday. So <laughs> yeah, I don't feel I don't feel no, no surprises really, to be honest. Do I, I'm guessing, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking there's a list of topics. You aren't going to run out of any topics anytime soon. I'm sure you guys are continually, oh, this would be a good idea for an episode. This would be a good for an episode. This would be a good idea for an episode. True? Yeah. True. No, yeah, yeah. Very true. That's as, and much, not, that's and, as and, much as I want to say about it, but true. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I don't want to give any spoilers. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Like River Song, right? No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. okay. So we're going to get to the Mary question. I've kept you guys. I, I, I want to be very conscious of your time. And, but... Any final thoughts you want to share before we get to the Mary question, then I'm going to let you plug where to find you guys. So any last thoughts or things I should have asked you, Renee? No, I don't think so. I even got to talk about all within my hands, which always makes me happy when we get on these on these yes. interviews. Um, well, I but, think it's important. Yeah, so do I. No, just that we're stoked to be amongst the podcasters out there. We're happy to be a part of things and we're thrilled that there's people who are excited about what we're doing and want to join the conversation. So that's really all I want to say. Super. Steph? Yeah. Just to add to that, we want you to come and join us for 15 minutes uh, every week, even if you're not a Metallica fan. Come sit with us because I think we'll, I think we'll at the very least cheer you up at the very most turn you on to some really good stuff and some really good music and give you some insights into not just the guys, but the fan community because the fan community is, is immense. And there's so many stories that you talked about material. There's a lifetime's worth of material with this fan base. They are incredible. And we're on the journey together. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. If you're checking this podcast out because you were curious about this new Metallica chapter in Pantheon, thank you for checking us out. I end every podcast with the Mary question. And what that is, Jay Armstrong 
who is a recently retired honors English teacher. But when he was teaching English in the Philadelphia area, he would print out the lyrics, the Bruce Springsteen song, Thunder Road. He would give it to his students and they would go through it as if it was a poem, talking about the imagery and the themes that Bruce explores in the song. And then he would ask his class at the end of the class, does Mary get in the car? So Steph, you first. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Well, I have two answers for you. That is perfect. <laughs> so this is 1986, Thunder Road, if I'm not incorrect, right? Well, Thunder Road came out on Born to Run, which was 76, but yes. 76. Yes. 10 years earlier, even further back. So I would posit that in 1976, she most certainly would have got in the car because these were times uh, maybe of less analysis, less less like deep dive thinking about every single fucking thing you do yeah. and just going with the true spirit of, of connection and emotion and hope, like what is possible. Whereas if it was 2023, I would say that Mary would probably have got a phone out halfway through, be doing a, a whole bunch of web searches to see if this was a viable <laughs> option, quite possibly talking to a, a whole bunch of her friends on Snapchat or whatever, <laughs> even maybe slacking work colleagues. And I think that the, the sheer nature of today might very well have meant that, no, she didn't get in the car. And then she'd have probably spent the next six months having some sort of FOMO about not getting in the car <laughs> and ultimately needed deep therapy and a wonderful opportunity for positivity would have been missed. I, I hate to be a cynic, but that's how I broke it down. That was my, uh, that was my that's thought. Great. That is an excellent answer. All right, Renee. So it's funny because knowing the song for a long time, and I never really sat with the lyrics. I love this question. I loved sitting with it. And I think you would get a, a different answer from me depending on my mood. But yesterday when I was really listening and, and reading the words, I'm going to go with, no, she doesn't get in the car. And here's why. <laughs> he simultaneously talks about her being loose and ugly <laughs> and i don't need you in your car to take me away i'm perfectly happy where i am and i've made these choices myself and i will continue to do but ask me on another day when i'm wanting to get out and, get, and just follow my heart somewhere i might have a different answer <laughs> don't they say that the ugly bird gets the worm yeah i'm oh, sorry that's, that's the surely. early bird isn't it yeah. i'm sorry that was funny. it that Not really. is, I try, but it's useless, isn't it? <laughs> Both. I like of those, your answer. That's great. Yeah, that's, I that's love that answer. It's a that's great my wife says too, because the line, "Hey, you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right." Lindsay yeah. said he was ugly. Dude. Of course, she's going to say, yeah. "Hell no, I'm not getting in the car." <laughs> I love those answers. All right, if someone wants to reach you and wants to hear more about the podcast, Steph, you first. Where do they go? You go to all your favorite podcast providers. And you look up the Metallica report. We are, thanks to the mighty Pantheon, we are everywhere. You shouldn't have trouble finding us. And uh, I, th I think that's the basic go-to information, is it not? Yeah. Okay. That's, yep. Find okay. us the Metallica. Look for the Metallica report. We're on all your regular pod listening areas. Yeah, and Good. subscribe. Do subscribe. Yeah. As you well know, Jesse, subscription is the, the best way that you can tell people that you appreciate them in the pod world. So subscribe. We won't. And, yeah, we, we'd love to have you. And absolutely go to wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Podchaser, whether it's Spotify, whatever. And not only subscribe, but rate and review you. One of the things that 
is can be very frustrating as a podcaster is it's it is a one-sided conversation if you don't engage with us, if you don't share what you're liking about what we're doing, what you're not liking about what we're doing, we want to hear that. And it's just so vital. And it also helps us find new listeners. So please go to wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, give us five stars of love. And Steph, Renee, thank you so much. This was just a lovely visit. I appreciate y'all taking time to visit with me. And Especially you've been talking all day, Renee, that just you, you were bringing it. Thank you. I, I did a lot of listening too. <laughs> okay, good. But thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. yeah so much, Jesse. listeners, please go check out the podcast, send them some love, but for now, let's be safe. Let's be kind. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 